0: Thank you very much, Nick. Um, our final speak out of the speaker out of the four speakers before we um, then um, have a bit of a Q&A session and some information about our uh, upcoming research project uh, is Crystal Legacy, who is a, uh, a lecturer and researcher at RMIT. Thank you for the invitation and um, being here. I have to say, look, I'm absolutely stoked. Um, I was involved in student politics when I was an undergraduate student. And I remember people telling me that, no, you can't do it. It's too hard. There's too many barriers. We're only here for a short period of time. Move on and get a job. And let me tell you, I won't tell you now, maybe later on, but we actually achieved a lot of change. So when people say, get on with it, don't bother, it's too hard, the decision's already been made, I'm telling you now, I don't think that's the case. And in fact, I'm very excited to be back in Melbourne. I just recently got back from Sydney, spent two years there, um, doing some research on housing actually, um, but before that doing some research um, on transport at Gammet with Nick. So I find this gathering today quite inspiring and very exciting. Now, um, I have a very short message so I'm not going to take up my full ten minutes, but I will be reading from my notes because there are particular things I do want to say I want to make sure that I say them. So I do get excited and perhaps maybe go off message. So really, look, tonight my contribution to the discussion is quite modest, and it relates specifically to how we might reframe the discussion around transport investment in Victoria and how we might use deliberation as a tool to influence government priorities in this space. So I'm a process person. I'm very interested in democracy, both in its sort of formal traditional sense of representative democracy but I'm also interested in the informal arenas in which democracy is also taking place and that's through community campaigns like this. So the points I'll make tonight emerge from my PhD work that examined deliberative planning practices in Vancouver and while my research tends to focus on issues of urban governance in deliberative democracy more (laughs) broadly I have just re-entered the transport space again and over the next few minutes I hope to anchor some of the lessons from my research into the transport arena and how it might contribute to establishing an alternative narrative (laughs) around viable alternatives to the east-west link. So but first, um, I am a social researcher and one of the things that I often need to be reminded of is the context under which we are asking questions and trying to understand why things are the way they are. couple of contextual points I do want to put on the table because I think it's worthwhile to reflect on them as we have this conversation. So the first one is, in Victoria, there's an expectation that governments will make decisions that will help to stimulate growth and to create jobs. So having just emerged out of the global financial crisis and where fears of the Victorian recession looms, The debate about the east-west links should also seek to address the central policy imperative of the state government and the commonwealth government and that is growth and job creation. So my question to the group and for the rest of the panel is how will this alternative narrative align with the broad economic imperatives that um, that sort of motivates state governments at the moment so I'm reminded of my university professors when I was undertaking my undergraduate degree in Canada and my undergraduate degree was in environmental studies um, and I remember my professors telling me or instilling in me the view that in order to, in order to win the environmental debate you need to engage with the economic debate as well and you need to take a, a balanced approach in that both are equally important. So, carefully, without positioning ecological sustainability against economic progress, the debate about the new narrative and alternatives to the East-West link need to evolve from a base point from where at least the two ecological sustainability and economic imperatives are considered in a more equal and balanced way. The second point I'd like to make, contextual point, is governments want to be seen to be doing stuff. They want to be can-do governments. So that is, governments that get things done and they deliver things. So the recent election of the coalition into federal government has seen a self-professed infrastructure prime minister elected. His narrative of course is road infrastructure. And while the state government does not want to enter into a debate that positions rail against roads, the significant investment of six billion dollars is is, as we know, as we feel, you know, compromising the future of of non-road based projects from being implemented. Others have made that point loud and clear in, on other forums. So community campaigns like this one must not must not be seen to be stopping projects full stop, but about having a conversation about alternative projects that will stimulate growth, build infrastructure, addressing our city's infrastructure deficits. Um, that is what brings us here tonight. And, and I do want to commend SLIMS and their work um, in this space about you know, constructing an alternative discussion, an alternative narrative about What else could we do um, um, apart from the East-West Link, or uh, instead of the East-West Link? The third contextual point I do want to make before I go into um, talking a little bit about my research is Big P politics matters. So that is, you know, Labour, Liberal, Gov Green's, you know, Big P politics. So... My question is, how will the alternative narrative evolve in a way that, one, brings political parties together rather than divides them? So I'm thinking about the Greens and Labours in this context around the state government, Um, but also uses the political process to change the outcome. So that is, stop the east-west link from being built and redirecting government funds into an alternative project. So this is the playing field that we have to negotiate. So what role can a deliberative approach play um, in this process of creating this new narrative? So this is my contribution to the discussion tonight. So I'd like to draw your attention to Vancouver in the 1970s, when the memories of the inner city freeway revolts were still fresh in the minds of the community. Two things happened which I think are, are worth reflecting on. The first thing that happened was When we think about the anti-freeway campaigns of yesteryear in Vancouver, Toronto, New York, these were long, hard-fought battles. The focus was not necessarily on stopping a freeway, per se, although that was, of course, an end product. The attention of the community campaigners was on preserving neighborhoods from demolition via the urban regeneration programs of that time. Those battles were ultimately framed by a substantive planning problem that extended well beyond the freeway revolt campaign. So the campaign campaign that was waged drew in large numbers of people beyond those that were immediately affected by the project and brought a citywide attention to a core planning issue. The second point I'd like to make, drawing again on the Vancouver example, is... A growing, there was a growing understanding in the 1970s in Vancouver um, amongst the planning profession um, that engaging the community was a good thing to do. So in the 1970s in Vancouver, the highly respected state senior government planner Harry Lash wrote a book titled Planning in a Human Way. It was basically a planning manifesto where he elevated to top importance the role of deliberation and that this deliberation would occur between the public, the politicians, and the planners. So the three P's, if you will. The planners, the politicians, and the public together make up a tripartite relationship that together make a strong deliberative base for a legitimate policy decision to be made. So an inclusive and deliberative process is one that is inclusive of these key players, and I would add business community and developers too. And the point here is in order to create an alternative narrative, and for that narrative to get traction, you must be prepared to establish bridges across governments, non-government sectors, so community interest groups and political actors. Doing so will create a sympathetic policy (coughs) network and an opportunity for negotiations to take place and the chance to influence an outcome in this sort of alternative democratic arena. So a couple of final points. So what, is it, what does that mean for us here tonight? Well, I think we need to set, we collectively as a group, we need to set the parameters for acceptable, deliberative, and democratic debate around the East-West Link. Campaigns waged in opposition to something must be presented as a collaborative collaborative and deliberative exercises exercise that brings people together rather than creates division. So rather than having us-versus-them type dialogue, we need to find a way to bring people with us in this in the development of this new narrative. So as much as these exercises are about a political issue, in this case the East-West link, they also provide informal democratic spaces where a new narrative, indeed based in evidence, can evolve, influence, and influence the policy process. So what the Vancouver tripartite relationship between the public, the planners, and the politicians advocates is that these informal democratic spaces do not have to be devoid of small p politics. So I think we need to embrace debate, dissent, in order to come to grips with the difficult trade-offs and to, al- and to allow creative solutions to very difficult planning problems to emerge. But by bridging the planners, the poli- but by bringing the planners and the politicians in, in particular. They are able to bring a degree of contextual and political pragmatism, which can be a valuable reminder and indeed a tool to appropriately position the debate and the new narrative as it evolves. So, by engaging widely and bringing the public, the planners, and the politicians and others into the discussion, this is the best opportunity to transcend big P politics and use deliberations of forums like these to articulate and build the new narrative that can rival the present (coughs) narrative around the east-west way. So that's my message for tonight. Thank you very much, Crystal. Um, Could we please have a big round of applause for our um, four presenters? Thank you very much for being here.